0: What a, we asked Didi to be on the call here today. A lot of you heard her on the call on Friday. Uh, we've known Didi since we first came over to Equus, and I can truly say it's actually really been a pleasure knowing her and all of us growing together. Um, one of the things I want you to listen to as Didi's talking this morning is most really good salespeople use the concept of a hook to gain people's attention, and a lot of them – Use a lot of us use them whether we realize it or not. We've just developed something that, that kind of grabs people's attention and draws them in. And an example of that is, uh, as we, I read the 10X rule uh, in there. I, I think it's just a marvelous statement. He says he looks at it, it's his duty and obligation to be as successful as his ability allows. And I took that because I really feel like that is so true and I think this is a good hook not only for um, you all on the call, but for recruiting and the fact that it's our duty and obligation, but most people don't have a vehicle to get there. And that's why EQUIS exists. That's a hook there that we all can use. And I think if you start thinking along the lines of things that you've used in the past or things that might be able to be used as a hook – that's going to that's going to be a difference maker for you. You know, Rob Jones made the comment on the call on Friday, and I've heard this over the years. The lead is nothing more than a reason to have a conversation about life insurance. See, activity in the law of large numbers will always allow you to be successful, and that's one of the reasons we had Dee, Dee on the call today uh, to join us. Uh, her mindset and her mindset is what sets her apart. From being average and ordinary. And as you listen this morning, kind of listen for some of the key phrases that Dee Dee uses that actually work as a hook to draw her clients in. So, Dee Dee, if you would share with us today, one, why you chose to add Finally Spence Leads to your marketing plan and how that uh, decision has changed your business.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. well, first, Dick and Connie, thank you so much for having me on the call this morning. I mean, with the team of winners that you already have, I mean, it's just that much of an honor because, um, you know, you you all have already an all-star team, and for you to pick me out to be able to speak to them this morning is just, um, you know, greatly a pleasure, and um, I just want to say to everyone that, um, Dick and Connie are just very, very, um, they're awesome people and they have a lot of experience and I continue to grow and learn from them from the local Evo meeting. And even my 10 year old daughter takes a liking to them too. And, you know, I just, she says now that she's not going to be an agent, but I can just see that in the making just from having, um, mentors such as Dick and Connie. Um, but um, just to answer your question, um, Dick, and everyone, I just want to let you all know that this is a and a So, you know, um, I love Q&As because it's not scripted. It's very, very um, honest and from the heart because, you know, you just get a question and you just have to answer it on the spot. So, you know, I'm just really excited to be able to do that. And Dick, if I did not hit a point that you want me to address, please just jump on and, and ask the question again and, um, you know, try to gear me in that direction. But um, to answer your question, you asked me, why did I decide to add final expense to my business? Um Well, my background is in final expense before I came to Equus, and even before that, I was raised by my grandmother. So I already have a heart and a passion for senior citizens. Um, And when we decided to join Equus because of um, leadership reasons, Mike Hall um, asked his team to join Equus, and. you know the leads and everything were great the way that we were taught, but you know here recently we had the government um, you know uh shut down, and the economy didn't produce as many leads, so I looked at it as okay, well, if I'm gonna still uh maintain my business, then I have to do either one or all of these things. I could um go out there and you know, become Ron Oseas, um, and just go out there and talk to people and work off of referrals, which I think that is also very, very amazing. Um, I can do nothing and just, you know, be out of business and just sit around and, you know, complain that I'm only receiving one lead every other week or so. Um, I could go and fly out to the different areas that they do have leads. Um, but, you know, just being a single mother, that's just not feasible for me to do at this time and not trying to make excuses, but just being realistic about the situation. Or I could, you know, gather up all of the inventory leads that, um, that they have an opt-in, try to change my schedule to sit down and call and call and call and call and, try to make appointments that way, and I have done that in the past, but because they offered the final expense platform and I have a background in it, I said, well, I'm just going to do that. I mean, you know, I was just very, very excited Um, because final expense is one market that does not, is not impacted by the economy. Um, There's always going to be people turning 65 every day. Um, and the baby, baby boomer market is just growing and growing by the days. And, um, you know, regardless of if the economy is booming or if it's crashing, they, you know, still live on a fixed income. So, um, you know, and if they are reaching out to us to see if we can help protect their family. Um And get some money for their cremation or burial, then you know if the opportunity is there, I just saw that as you know just a a great opportunity for me to continue to um, run my business.
0: Let me ask you this because I think what what I heard here, and I think everybody should take this to the bank, is you know you insulated your business by adding a product uh, into the mix of things that is not as impacted as greatly uh, with the ups and downs of the economy. So this kind of puts you into a steady, eddy path every month that once you get your skill set up, for everybody on the phone here, this is, it's like printing money. <laughs> I don't mean that it's easy, but it's, it's, it's predictable. And I think that's a great part of, of what you were saying there. Now, I know with what you've experienced already um, when you came home from convention and you heard Nick and, and JB talking,
1: what was your next move? What is the next thing that you did? Um, Dick, my next move is I I went straight to Nick Burns and I asked him, I said, hey, do you have any inventory leads in Virginia? Um, I would like to, you know, as, as – I had great experience with final expense. Um, You know, I actually love final expense. I do think that mortgage protection, um, you know, for your debt structure um, can yield, you know, can, can yield you more. But at the same time, final expense is a very viable market. And, you know, the more that you do it, the more you'll still see the same opportunities to, you know, get annuities or, you know, help out other family members that may need living benefits and so on and so forth. But um, just going back to that, you know, just because I had experience and then I didn't want to wait around um, for them to do a lead drop. I went straight to him and I asked him, did he have any, inventory leaves in Virginia. I didn't care how old they were. I wanted to use them to get back out there and sharpen my skills with it just to get used to um, going out to the senior market and, um, you know, seeing if I can help some people while I was out there re-training re, um, myself.
2: Uh, GD, you said something that made me want to ask you a question when you said I wanted to resharpen my skills, what was the time frame before Nick and uh, JB came on? My, my understanding is that you went from final expense and then you pretty much became mortgage protection. What was the time period for when you say we're not door knocking? How long was it that you had not door knocked, or have you always?
1: Um, that's a great question, Connie. Um, so my call and our team we joined Equist in August of two thousand and sixteen um that's when we switched over, and we had to you know go through the training to learn how to do mortgage protection um and of course, at that time, they didn't have any final expense leads and we were taught to. Um you know buy leads and and call them versus door locking them um so I would say from August two thousand sixteen until January of two thousand and nineteen is how long I had been out of the final expense market now um I do want to address that when you know I have dial sessions and you know I call people for mortgage protection and I just can't get a hold of them. I do take those leads with me, and if I get a no-show or something like that and the people are in the area, I will go and door-knock the mortgage protection leads as well. But just to answer your question, um, I had not door-knocked final expense leads or been in the practice of door-knocking since um, the summer of 2016.
2: Well, that's a little different than I had thought. Um, would you say that you could explain any difference between door knocking the one or the other, the mortgage protection versus the final expense? Um, a- any different approach?
1: Um, honestly, Connie, other than the purpose of the reason why the general lead was generated, I would say no, because just like Dick explained in the beginning, um, a lead is just a reason to talk to someone, but the lead was generated for a different purpose. So what I mean by that is regardless if I have a handwritten direct mail mortgage protection lead versus a direct mail, handwritten final expense lead, um, of course with the mortgage protection ones you know you try to call them and text them and you know and and try to get a hold of them and your last resort would be to door knock those but with final expense your first approach is to door knock them and you know we can get into different reasons um if y'all lead me down that path later but um it, if if you were a mortgage protection lead and I door knocked you, I I would simply just door knock you and say, Hi, Miss Sylvester, my name is Dee Dee Carter. Um, I am just responding responding to you because you wanted information on how to protect your mortgage in the event of a death or a disability. And I have been trying to reach you. And honestly, I turned my lead over and right there on the days and times that I've tried to call them so they can see that I have been trying to reach out to them. And, you know, and I show that this hasn't been taken care of. I came by today, you know, to see when it will be a good time to take care of this unless you have time right now. Um, yeah. a, a final expense lead, um, that's the first approach. So I door knock them and um, I stand back a little bit and, you know, I just say, hi, Mr. Vester, my name is Dee, Dee Carter. I'm from Senior Benefits. Um, you filled out this this form um looking for information on the final expense program does this look like your handwriting and they look like they look at it for a few minutes and then you know to overcome the objection um or to get the puzzled look off of their face on you know why i'm just approaching them and you know without a a phone call because um, most of them do leave a phone number i just tell them straight out that we do not call people because um these were sent out probably two months ago and most people don't answer the phone if they don't know your number so our approach is just to come in and show it to you in person so you can see your handwriting and so that I can explain to you what it is. And then I kind of joke with them and say, so, Miss Sylvester, would you have answered the phone if I called you and try to explain all of this on the phone, you probably would hang up on me. Right. And then they laugh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, you know, and then I go into, you know, um, if now isn't a good time to explain this, when would, would this time tomorrow be a good time? Unless you have time now, and they either let me in now or they set up the, an appointment.
2: I hope everyone's listening to that key phrase that she uses. Unless you have time now, I've not heard that before. Most people who door knock a mortgage protection lead just pretty much assume without asking that the appointment will be later. And if, you, if you're door knocking in between appointments, then you may not have time, and, and I get that. But that is a great phrase uh, to use, Uh, uh Dick, did you have anything? Yeah, I,
0: I love the use of the word senior benefits because um, I think that really focuses on why you're there and uh, allows them to have a little bit of confidence. One, you've got your ID card on you, uh, so that's important. And the fact that you asked, does this look like your handwriting? Um, that's a huge question, and that's really important to being successful doing this, as I see it from my perspective. Now, the reason we asked Dee to be on here is there are people already thinking of better ways to do this. And I'm just here to say, you know, this works, Try this, and uh, try not to reinvent the wheel, because these are some of the things that we've we've proven. Uh, the Burns brothers have have a system, and it works. And um, you know, just don't don't change it.
2: And guys, if if you are new at this, this is a great way to supplement or pretty much make your income. But it is something to be practiced to be. Uh, intentionally laid out to talk to Dick about, to listen to this recording. And um, you want to make certain that you're well-equipped before you uh, go out to these seniors' homes. Um, Dee, Dee, I have a question. On the call on Friday, you mentioned, I believe, that you door knock from 10 to 8. Uh, I would kind of assume that's the summer. Um, can, should I assume that you don't knock after dark?
1: No, ma'am. I always knock knock after dark. My when I door knock, it is ten to eight. It doesn't matter if it's January or July. Um, yes. And I understand from a new agent's point of view, and even for some of the women out there that, you know, if it's pitch dark outside, you may be a little, you know, afraid or skeptical. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because when I first started in final expense back in 2014, I was skeptical as well. And, you know, I was afraid, um, to knock after dark and, um, You know, so I had to ease myself into it, um, especially with me getting started in the fall of 2014 with door knocking because it did get dark early and I was a brand new agent at the time. And, you know, I would always, my manager at the time was not Mike Hall. Um, that's another story, but I told my, I kept telling my upline that, yeah, I am knocking after dark, but you know, actually I was (laughs) telling a fib because just because of my fear. And, um, you know, I kept listening to conference calls. I kept listening to other people say how much success that they had, you know, after dark. And, you know, I just said, well, you know, what the heck, um, either I'm going to stay in my same situation and not knock after dark, or I'm just going to go and do it and see what happens. So, you know, I started to to do so, and my gosh, like now, it's like I would rather take time out of the morning to not door knocking, get things done versus taking time and getting off early to go do things in the evening because um, if you look at it from the senior citizen's point of view, most of them or all of them are at home in the evening and after dark. Um, and I'm not putting any senior citizen down, but a lot of them don't like to drive after dark anyway, because they have trouble seeing or, and most of them have, you know, they run their errands during the day because they're retired. So, um, there has not, I I can't remember a time that I've knocked after five or six o'clock and not found someone home. Um, So that, that is the reason why I'm not from 10 to eight. And the reason why I go out so early is, um, just because like if someone is home and they have something else to do, I could tell, you know, I have all day to tell them that I can come back later on that day. Um, Another tip for knocking after dark, especially for the women, if you're concerned with the safety issues, if if it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable, go out and knock during the day. And if they don't have time for you right then and there, try to set your appointments to come back when it is dark. So that way you've already met with the person. They already know that you're coming and you'll be sitting in the house with someone at dark versus driving around at night to knock on the door. So that's another technique that you can try to, you know, overcome your fears of being out at the dark.
2: Wow. That was definitely a great tip, and I'm sure you learned it back in 2014 when you were new at this. I just want to say to several several new agents on the call today, um, some of you may not know DD's Dee story. I'm not going to go into it because it's her story to tell, but I – I actually do remember the first time I met her, the first time I heard her story, and the more I know her, the more I respect the person that she is, the mother that she is. I love little Trinay, and um, you meet such quality people in this business. Some more than others, and Dee, Dee is one of those that is more than others. And um, I really appreciate all the wisdom she shared today. Dick, do you have any closing thoughts?
0: Yes, I do. Um, I, Dee, Dee, now when you hear her talk, she sounds like this is no big deal. But if you listen to the call yesterday, the young man that uh, Connor Jones recruited, Connor just said, get on the phone. And, and he said he butchered it, you know, the first dial he made. Then when he went on his first appointment, he was scared spitless, but he got in there and he realized he knew 10 times more than the client knew even though he didn't know anything. And I think that's kind of the way it is here. Uh, Dee, Dee just went out and just did it. And I think that's an important part of, mm-hmm. of this, you know, just do it. Just get in the water. You're not going to learn how to swim without by reading the book. That's just all there is to it.
2: And I'd like to ask uh, Dee, Dee from a question I've received, um, when you first started, I'm guessing you didn't close every deal. Do you have any particular story from that first 30 to 60 days that you can remember that you'd like to share?
1: Well, wow. <laughs> um no, actually I didn't close everything, but I honestly I'm I'm one of those people that had to keep their emotions in line when I first started because um you know, I, I attended when I decided that I was going to do this, I attended all the trainings. I was the person that, you know, practiced my presentation with my family members and, and um, everything. So when I first started, honestly, when I got my first stack of leads, um, I, honestly, I wrote eight applications in my first day. Um, okay. But, <laughs> but, and I think it, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am.
2: Listen to why you did though. Folks, listen to what she said. Uh, You know, as a brand-new agent, she knew she might stumble. She went to every training. She practiced her phone script with her family. Oh, my goodness. She was, what, setting herself up for success. So, woe to me for thinking she might not have closed any because I have heard that story. And you, What what was your production the first week or the first month, uh, Dee?
1: Um... 12,000, 12,000. But, but Connie, I want to, I want to add though, um, when I say I had to keep my emotions in line because, you know, with all of that training and, you know, when you're a first, when you're, first get started, you want to do everything that that they say to the T. And I think that that was a product of the system from me, you know, going out and practicing and doing what everyone said. However, once I got confident and felt like, you know, I got this, you know, of course you – Maybe, you know, you stop plugging in as much and you try to cut corners. And I want to say that, you know, after the feeling of, you know, well, I got this, then I went on a street where the next month I didn't close anything, you know, so I had this take a step back and realize what I had done. And it was because I had stopped plugging in as much and I started cutting corners. So I had to go back to the basics to get myself back online because you know that month, that second month, I just had a lot of doubt that, you know, well maybe I just got lucky the first month, but it wasn't that it was me. I I didn't, you know, do everything I did in the first month. I just want
0: everybody on the call, one, to acknowledge what Dee Dee just said and understand it. What she experienced that second month is so normal. You know, I got this, and I don't have to work as hard now, and the activity drops, therefore the production drops, and the income plummets. That is a very normal thing. And the reason I bring it up, I'm just warning you, when you have that great activity on that one month or the first month, don't let up because it's going to come right back around and bite you. And, um, you know, D.D., Dee Dee, as, as we close out here, I want – and, and you, you understand this and, um, and realize how important it is, but a lot of people on the call here today, they don't realize the psychological thing that goes on in a senior's head when it comes to final expense. See, most seniors do not want to be a burden to their family when it comes to their funeral. I mean, the last thing in the world they want to have happen is for the kids or grandkids to have to put their funeral on the kids' or grandkids' credit card. And, excuse me, most of us have been through a time or know someone who's been through a time where when it came time for a funeral, there wasn't adequate coverage, and the family had to pitch in. And uh, it's not pleasant for anybody. It's uncomfortable, but it's a reality of life. A lot of times people were well-prepared. For this, They had money in the bank, and nobody thought it was ever going to be a problem. But what most agents don't understand, if somebody's got $50,000 in the bank today, but they end up, you know, six months to a year before they die, they have a stroke and don't know what day it is, and they have to go into a nursing home. If they go into that nursing home and don't have long-term care insurance, Yes, Medicaid will pay it, but Medicaid doesn't pay the bill for the nursing home until all the cash is gone. So what happens is they thought they were prepared, but they had their money for their funeral in the wrong vehicle. And, guys, that's something we need to understand so we can explain that to people. You know, that's why if they've got $50,000 in the bank, they would be better served taking 10 of that and buying a single premium whole life policy so that money is out of the estate that can be used now for the funeral.
2: Well, that's excellent. I've not actually heard you say it that way, Dick, but that is so true that money would be working for them and not be a liability. Uh, Some of you may be thinking, oh, you know, nobody uses Medicaid. They're all, everybody's, you know, well-planned. That is just not true. The nursing homes in every town, are filled with senior citizens who at one time had some money and for some reason or not it wasn't there when they needed it and i'm telling you from experience that medicaid is a it's a great safety net and i'm grateful for it but it is a it is a somewhat Humiliating thing for the person going through it. So you want to make certain that the folks are well prepared. We're going to do a role play. We got so carried away with all this great stuff. What do you think about still doing a role play of some sort? Yeah, um, Didi, if you want to just walk up
0: to the door and knock on my door, um, I'll be I'll be on the other side of the door, and we can just role play this thing so people can literally get a feel for what transpires when you approach the house.
1: Okay. Well, I might be repeating myself, Dick, but okay, I'm I'm driving up and, you know, I find the house and I, I drive up and I all I take out is um the stack of leaves and my ink pen. Um, I'm not I leave my car running and I do not bring in any bags or anything because I don't wanna startle them. Um, so I go up to the door and I knock on the door and Dick you come to the door hello
0: hi Um,
1: hi are you mr. Dick Sylvester I am Um, hi Dick my name is Dee Dee Carter I'm with senior benefits Um, the reason why I'm here is because you filled out information about our final expense program Um, does this look like your handwriting or um, your wife's handwriting
0: Uh, Yeah. That's
1: twice. Okay. Great. Well, just to let you know, I know that you left the phone number on here. However, I did not call you or Miss Connie because most people don't answer the phone if they don't know your number. And um, just imagine me trying to explain all of this to you over the phone. You probably would hang up on me, right? Um, so and you know, and the reason we approach people face to face, you know, so you can verify your handwriting and since this has been mailed out about two months ago, you probably, you know, don't don't remember much about it other than receiving it. Um so what I would like to do is go ahead and set up a time um for me to come back and go over this program with you all unless you have time right now. Is now okay? Or would you yeah. like me to come back this time tomorrow?
0: No, I think we can see you now.
1: Okay, great. Would you like me to take my shoes off? Uh, no, that's
0: not necessary.
1: Okay, and then I'll go into just having a conversation with them. Um, you know, pictures on the wall, the weather, whatever, just so we can get comfortable with each other.
0: Since you left the car running back with the car, get anything and turn it off? What do you do? Oh,
1: yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I I left that part out. Yeah. So once they tell me they can see me now, I say, okay, great. I'm going to go out and shut my car off and grab your information. I'll be right back. When I come back, did you want me to take my shoes off at the door?
2: Uh, What percentage would you say do it today? And what percentage wait till another appointment?
1: Um, It's about 70, 30. Um, 70% of people want me to come back and the other 30% will do it right then and there. Um, and I know we're short on time, but before I joined Equus, um, they had, Equus has a $5,000 recognition, recognition and final expense. It was, if you did at least $3,000 with five applications, they would recognize you on the, um, national leader board. And um, I would say, Connie, that because, you know, I'm just thinking of respecting the senior citizens' time as well. Um, Because I'm just showing up out of nowhere, you know, I'm not pushing them to get in the door because what if they had something else to do? And plus, you know, I just want to be a respectful person. And I think that that goes over much better than just trying to, um, bombard yourself in their house and that you're going to take up another two or three hours of their time. Um, so with me saying that um, I did, I did um, for nine months straight, I didn't miss a week where I did at least five applications with 3000. I mean, I, I probably averaged four to 6,000 every week, but Um, And that was because of me setting the appointments, and when I came back, people, you know, was really looking forward to sitting down going over the information versus feeling rushed or, you know, like I'm just there to sell them something. Like I, I treated it as if I was responding to them, and, you know, I'm going to be respectful to their time and come back and really go into it with them.
0: One of the things I hope everybody is picking up on this, I wouldn't expect you to acknowledge it right away. But uh, as, as a salesman that's been around doing this for a long time, that approach makes Dee, Dee look less like a salesperson and more like a consultant because she's not pushing, you know, to get the appointment like most people do. Uh, most agents that do final expense, when they open that door, they're wiping their feet to go in the house. And um, I know for me, when that type of, of approach is done, I, it turns me off. Because I don't want you to assume anything, you have to earn the right with me, and I think a lot of people are that way. So, uh, Dee Dee, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time here this morning with us. Is there anything you would like to to close out with that you feel is important for everybody to know today?
1: Um, yes, I do want to. I do want to say on the appointment setting. Um, Just make sure – you don't want to throw up on the the senior citizen or try to sell anything at the door, but just make certain that they are clear on what you're coming back to present to them because a lot of them will – fill it out just because they see the word benefit and think that it's free or they might maybe in the market for looking for something like Medicare supplement or something else that they inquired about. But without, you know, selling them at the door, just make sure they know it's to talk about um, information on helping their family get burial or cremation um, plans. So that way they will know, and you know sometimes you do lose one or two appointments that way because they you know say that they don 't want it, and that 's okay because you have more leads that you can door knock at that time, but it's better to do it that way than you know to set these appointments, and then you have half of them tell you that they thought it was something else
2: um, okay, let's, let's assume that dick said you know we're we're getting ready to go out for the day and, and go have lunch. Uh, did you come back another time? What would you say at that point?
1: I would tell him, sure. You know, I understand and I acknowledge the fact that I just, you know, came up on them unannounced. And um, would you like me to come back in a couple hours today, or you know, maybe a little bit earlier tomorrow before lunch? And you know, just ask him for a more convenient time.
2: Okay. And and when they say that, you're gonna you're gonna confirm the appointment, and that's when you're gonna tell them what it is you're coming back
1: for. Yeah. So that way they can be clear on, you know, not trying to belittle anyone or, you know, make it seem like that that, you know, um that I'm a know it all, but I just want to make sure that they understand what it is. Awesome. And and yeah. you know, and I just tell them in a sentence. And um and just the last pointer as far as um when we door knock at night and, and book appointments um the the senior citizen if they give you any pushback and the years that I've been doing it I I may have remember one or two people that got upset because it was like 7:30 at night and it was dark outside it was winter time um you know so just tell them that You know, you're a responder, you work for senior benefits, and these are the hours, you know, and you just apologize for knocking and tell them that you'll come back tomorrow during the daylight. And, you know, no one has ever, you know, gotten outright angry or upset. You just, you know, tell them that that's your hours and, you know, that you have to work when most people are normally home. That's a good uh, – one more point I'd like to address
0: before we let you go is how many times when you knock on the door do they really have a burial plan already in place? You review it, and it's a good one, and they don't want anything more. Is that half the time, one out of ten? How often does that happen?
1: You mean like an objection?
0: No, they truly have. All the, uh, they have the funeral, they've got $15,000 whole life policy, and it's a good one, and they don't need anything more
1: for a funeral. How often does that happen? Um, about... Honestly, this happens about half of the time, but the thing is, is I still want to set the, I told them that that's great and I'm glad that they do. However, I, in order for me to, you know, satisfy your request, I still have to sit down with you and at least review it for you to make sure That it is, you know, great. And if it is, I'll tell you, you know, and check you off and we'll be done. But, you know, and then I might go into it just depending on, you know, how friendly the person is and not seeming like I'm pushing. You can get away with it with most people, but some people are just really Like, you know, you and you can kind of get a feel for it. And and then I'll just go into an example that, you know, some people do, most people do have other coverage, but it's the type of coverage that I'm reviewing, you know, not the fact that I'm questioning that you have 15,000. But, you know, this one may expire on you. This one, the price may go up on you. And then if I get in the house and see that they do have a $15,000 whole life and they just want to be cremated, then, you know, I just tell them then that's great. And to keep, you know, that one, you know, unless I can help you with another service today, did you want to you know, put, um, maybe leave some for your grandchildren or do you have anybody else in your family that I could help or review their policy, you know, and I just do it that way.
2: Excellent. She talks about other people. Um, how often, you know, one or two times a week, uh, do you see policies where the people don't know that it's going away at age 80?
1: Um, (laughs) Off, that's often as well. Um, honestly, you know, and uh, Dick and Connie, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge percentage person, but this is what I will say on an overall basis, what you find when you go out to to do final expense um you're gonna find that most people already have something versus not having anything and honestly that's a pretty good thing because number one the people that you do review you're gonna find that um i'm gonna say about if i could guess maybe two out of ten people that you sit with that do already have a policy in place only two of them do honestly have a good whole life policy. Um, you're going to find the other eight people that you sit with out of the 10 that do have it, that is something else. Either they had one that's a two-year waiting period and they're overpaying for it because they're pretty healthy. Um, you're going to find that they have the ones that expire at age 80. Um, and you're sometimes you're even going to find people that – Um, are already over 80, and they thought that their premium stopped because it was paid off, and really it was because the coverage expired.
0: Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, Part of the reason for me asking that question, Dee Dee, is if somebody truly has everything they need, there's still one more opportunity to make a sale, and we call it an equity protection plan because a lot of times people will realize that they don't realize, they don't think about it, but um, if they die and they want the kids to get the house and the kids can't make the house payment for six months or a year until the house sells, the kids have to sell the house in a fire sale and a stranger gets the equity. So we have a program that you've taken care of your burial, but this would be an equity protection program that would ensure the fact that your children get the value in your house instead of giving it to a stranger. For example, you know, if you owe fifty thousand on your house and it's worth a hundred, if you die, who do you want to get that fifty thousand dollars? yeah, and just kind of bring that up and that just opens up another opportunity to make a sale where there's a need there that no one else is is acknowledging. I don't think any other companies are acknowledging that, and most salespeople don't. They just tuck tail and run.
2: And that is probably another topic for another day. It is. Uh, also, podcast number 17 covers that partially. Do want to get one question. I had someone just text and say, is DD writing with Assurance only?
1: The answer is no. Um, okay. I, write, I write with Assurant assurant most of the time, but sometimes the client, um, sometimes the client can't get approved for it. So I do write with something else. And also I'm still a dual agent. I still have a standing lead order for mortgage protection as well. And what I do is, um, I no longer dial on inventory leads. I just dial on my, um, on my um, A leaves that come in, and then I just door I still keep the same schedule, and I just door knock around my appointments because my mortgage protection standing lead order and my final expense standing lead order is in the same area. Oh
2: wow. That's good. As you listen to a top-notch uh, businesswoman uh, and uh, we just look for great things for DD Dee Dee to come. We're, we're very grateful that you find on our call today, and um, we just wish you the best to you. Thanks so much. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it.